0: Are you ready to be disrupted, proactive versus I'm not good at X, reactive?
1: What did that feel like
0: instead of just dreaming you started doing? It was a combination of terror and excitement. Where does the change start? It starts with me, but don't be naive like I was. Hey, Alan. Katie, how are you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm good, and I have one question for you this morning. Are you ready to be disrupted?
1: Well, I feel a little disrupted by the fact that you're wearing a plaid shirt. I'm not sure that I was ready for you to branch out of the solid colors this morning. So
0: I thought, what better way to lead in and talk about disruption than for me to disrupt our normal routine? Because I know ambiguity is your friend.
1: Hmm. Oh, ambiguity? I seek disruption. I seek ambiguity. And I'm about to probably get a warning from my watch telling me that my stress level's too high.
0: Well, you know, if we're going to bring the stress, why not do it right out of the gate?
1: All right. That's good. Yeah. So um, we're talking about a word that you introduced me to. And to be honest, Ellen, um, when I think of disruption, I wonder, like, if we even think it means the same thing. And I'm so I'm really excited to get to explore that with you today.
0: Yeah, Katie, I, I appreciate how you mentioned right out of the gate the importance of operationalizing this because we can think of a hundred different things for disruption. And so I wanted to start with, this is just a common definition, and this is what we're going to focus on today. So disruption, a break, or interruption – in the normal course or continuation of some activity process etc and so we're going to be talking today is there value is there power in disruptions and like we do on every podcast we're going to cover this from a 360 perspective the good the bad and the ugly but what we're talking about is something that breaks me out of my normal routine the way I think, the way I act, perhaps it's the way I do my job, whatever that may be. And so we're gonna talk about what does that look like? Is there value in that? And if so, what might be some next steps?
1: Is there value? And that's the question that I almost just wanna like jump straight to. Like I'm not gonna lie, Ellen, I'm coming into Talking about disruption with some skepticism, and I'll tell you why that is. Also, I have to giggle just a little bit when you read me that definition of disruption. You said it was a breaker interruption in the normal course or continuation of activity, and I'll be perfectly honest: I don't feel like there's an, any normal going on right now. Do you hear me on that?
0: Yeah, and, and that's fair. Certainly, what I would say in that, Katie, is there. A mindset that you have toward normalcy, toward routine, toward structure, knowing as healthcare professionals, no day goes exactly the way we have it planned.
1: Oh, that's so helpful, Alan, because I'm in a season in my work where I'm really having I'm in a leadership role where I really have to be interruptible. And so I think it's just my mindset of wanting normalcy I know I don't get it but I think as we are looking at disruption for me the most practical application is going to be towards my mindset yeah okay so that's super helpful
0: I want to also emphasize something at the beginning and you just alluded to it Katie again this is the and normalcy and disruption how can we live in the tension of both and that's what we're going to be focusing on. And so let's start with the mindset. And I think it's important to, to set the stage of why would I even intentionally seek this? It's one thing to be disrupted when I don't have a choice. And we'll, we'll talk about that. It's another when I intentionally lean into a disruption. And this, let's take it from the mental side from my way of thinking, for what makes meaning for me, from my perspective. So why would we ever choose to do that?
1: Okay, we may never get into this content because somebody, not naming any names, is really having a hard time here. Alan, I didn't realize that we were talking about seeking out disruption. Hold the phone. I'm not kidding. This is like happening in real time here. I thought we were talking about managing disruption when it occurs, but you are like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this episode, man. You're going to try. This is the ultimate Alan challenge. You're going to try to convince Katie to seek out disruption on purpose.
0: It's especially valuable, Katie, for you to come at the perspective of, no, I want to try to manage it. And I like how we're having a bit of a tug of war here because this is reality. And we're going to learn from each other because there's a time and place for both.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to put, I'm going to pull up a chair and put my skepticism in the chair next to me. Okay. I'm going to take it out and put it in the chair next to me, getting rid of it. And you always tell me it's okay to be skeptical, right? Okay. All right.
0: Absolutely. And, and the point of our podcast is we, we want our listeners to try it out. Think for yourselves, don't simply take our word for it, but we encourage you, just like we as scientists, test the hypothesis, try it out, see if it works, because we're going to give you all the perspectives today of what that could look like, the challenges Katie's going to push back, which I love, what, why might I lean into it, what could I potentially expect? So absolutely, this is a 360 examination today.
1: Awesome. Okay. So why on earth would I want to seek out a disruption?
0: This would be the simplest way I could, could describe it is you want to be stretched in some fashion, manner. It, it, this could be mentally. This could be physically, relationally, financially. You can fill in the blank. But in essence, you want to be stretched. You do not want to be your original shape. This could be an increase of capacity. But you are wanting to grow, experience something different.
1: I was going to put the skepticism in the next seat and it ended up in my lap again because I'm like, why do I have to be disrupted to do these things? Can I not grow in a calculated, predictable way?
0: I would say you could, but I would say that in the disruption, it gets to more of the root of what might be keeping me from growing.
1: Okay, now you're speaking my language, Alan, because I do that does speak to me like what is under that surface layer? The iceberg analogy that a lot of people use for like culture or other analogies where, okay, there is something very deep going on underneath the surface. And perhaps that disruption, you know, we will get deeper change. The deeper we go, the more potential change. And I do love change wait.
0: No, I don't. And and to your point, Katie, it is by going to the root, getting to what is my resistance to exercising? What is my resistance to taking initiative or to leaning into change? We all have beliefs. We all have ways that we think and they serve us well. What we're talking about is if I want to make some lasting change, and this can be a small step, it can be a drastic, dramatic change over time, what is the root, what is the core that is holding me back? And we all have that. And so what we're talking about here is going more to the core. I may not even realize the core is there until the disruption occurs.
1: Okay, that's good. One of the things I keep kind of circling back to cuz I jokingly said I love change and then I'm like, wait, actually no I don't. I wonder if there's a different way to look at it than it just being change, if that makes sense, because I don't love change per se, but I do love growth. I love the evolution of who I am, of who I'm becoming. And so if I can look at it through that lens versus a change cuz hear me out, okay? okay. When I think change, like something in myself, that makes me think I'm have something that needs to be changed or like that there's something bad going on, if that makes sense. Like people say they need to change. I feel like it's because something isn't great. But when I think of disruption, maybe things are going well, but they could be better.
0: Absolutely. It, it is indicative of wanting to grow and that's proactive versus I'm not good at X Reactive. And that certainly could be the case, but it's important to recognize what is it that I want to grow? How do I want to be stretched? What are those ways that for me is something to improve? And this is gets to that intrinsic motivation that that we've talked about and an appreciative inquiry approach, which means what? what are the things I'm doing well that I want to grow in versus I'm not good at X, Y, or Z, so it's time for some disruption. We're taking it from the appreciative inquiry approach, which is basically an extension of last, the last podcast, in recognizing I do this well, but this is something that I want to achieve, knowing it's not going to be easy. This gets to more of that intentionally leading into disruption.
1: Okay, okay, all right. So I think we're finally getting somewhere. I put my I've put my skepticism back in the seat next to me. I think, Alan, what might help me a little bit is if you could give me an example. Like, is this something that you've survived?
0: And survival is is a good term. I mean, there there are scars, and so I mean, yeah. Let me. When I think of an example of being disruption, of disrupted, let me start with the career aspect. So for many of my listeners, you know that I was in academia for roughly a dozen years. Loved my time teaching, working with some of the best students who are amazing practitioners now. And I was doing really well. I was at the top of the game. But there was this stirring inside of me that there, is, there was something else, a new challenge, a new opportunity. It wasn't, Alan, you're not doing good. You need to shape it up. was not the case. But there was this tension inside of me, this what could be, which is a question we can often ask around disruption. What could be in each of us? And this is from an appreciative inquiry dreaming Perspective. This is a positive perspective. And so having had the opportunity to do some coaching and some leader development during my last few years in academia, there was this tension of what would it look like if I did this full time? What did that require? It required me leaving a very stable, wonderful career in academia to go and be a solopreneur. That was significant disruption. I took what I knew and knew well and did well into the unknown. And this can be a very unsettling place, as we'll talk about here in just a little bit. But that was an example of me intentionally leaning into it. I did not have to do it. I was not losing my job, but it was that what could be is what drove me, led me to to enter into that disruption.
1: Wow. Thank you for that example. I have a lot of questions. If you don't mind staying in the hot seat. Okay. So first of all, I love the question, what could be, I actually just wrote that down and I almost want to just kind of think about that, meditate on that over this next week. So I'm going to throw this out there to hold me accountable. Like what could be, because I think I could ask that question of myself in so many different ways. I mean, this is really simple and basic. But like, what could be in my family's dinner routine? Like, could I make something really exciting and and delicious and healthy because I'm in a rut of what I always make? Okay, that's really super basic. And maybe I need to just go basic here from the beginning. Okay, but I love that you said what could be. And that's how you kind of started that journey of disruption. I'm curious, Alan, what did it like? Shoot me straight. Be honest with us here. What did that feel like when you said, what could be, and instead of just dreaming, you started doing?
0: I would say it was a combination of terror and excitement. Again, the and. This was also not an immediate thing. Okay. I let it percolate to chew on it because this is not about knee-jerk, huge reactions. But the question of what could be would not go away. And that's what you sit with, at least for me. But the more I dreamed about it, the more excitement was building. But there is always a cost, hence the terror. I'm walking away from something I know and know very well and am very good at into the unknown which is full of all sorts of uncertainty.
1: So how are you different because you leaned into the disruption?
0: Yeah, I mentioned stretching earlier. So there was an intense amount of stretching because I'm not in control. And it forced me, one, to lean upon others. And I'm a very independent person by nature. and We've talked about that before. I will also say, though, in the space of what could be It required me to leave the safety into the unknown. But in the unknown, you see new things. You experience new things. The scenery changes. I'm a different person. And in that space now, I get to enjoy and do things I never thought would be possible. But the cost is always there. And so that's the space that we have to lean into. And this is why disruption is not easy for any of us. No matter if it's leaving a job or if it's changing dinner routine, you are getting out of something that's very familiar and may be very, very good and very successful to, I don't know how this is going to go. How's my family going to respond to this? Are we going to be able to pay the bills? Hence the cost.
1: So you mentioned family. I'm curious how others in your life responded.
0: I mean, straight up, right? I was trained as a pharmacist. I went to graduate school. I have the degrees. I'm doing something I'm very successful at and very stable, and I'm grateful for all of it. Why would anyone in their right mind leave it? So Alan must not be in his right mind, and I would never do that. This is family members. And family members, I, I don't understand it. I would never do it. So Alan's being irresponsible. And those are all fair statements, by the way. There's a logic behind that. I get it. And it was meant coming from a good place. But I will tell you that only made the journey lonelier.
1: That's really hard. I think that could potentially be something as a reforming people pleaser. I could see myself being like, yes, what could be? Oh, my goodness. I can dream of all these exciting awesome things that could be if i made this change and then if i start to hit resistance because people around me are not so sure about it they're skeptical i could see that being a major obstacle for me again as this reforming people pleaser i you know we've talked about these you know these traits and behaviors that served us very well for a long time people pleasing being one of them But I can see how someone trying to be disruptive.
0: And to your point, Katie, it's not if, it's when. There will be resistance. You will feel the resistance yourself in questioning what in the world was I thinking. That will happen. This is another reason why we often say never travel alone, only journey. I'll give you an example. I'll continue piggybacking on what I said earlier. Colleagues, students that I had worked with to go out on my own, I left many of them behind because I'm not in that building anymore. I'm not in the classroom anymore. So I go from having all these colleagues to now I'm on my own as a solopreneur. Again, very lonely space, very tough, difficult space. The internal resistance, the external resistance, it will be there. What I would say is I was naive going into it and so one of things I would say is think through it from all the perspectives. Now, whenever we disrupt something, we can't predict what's going to happen. Well, that's the problem. I know. That's right. Where's the formula? I kept looking for it. Still haven't found it. But it, it's it from the various perspectives. And I think that's helpful. I think it's also helpful. I know it's helpful to find others who will be supportive of you and that you can go to and be honest with. Thankfully, I had a few of them. There weren't many, but I had a few of them who understood. And these are people that are going to bring, as we talk often, high support and high challenge, and they're both needed. So if I think I can tackle this on my own, which was my mindset, let me put that to rest right now. Do not do not imitate that. So it, it's finding those around around us who can be supportive. Here's the other thing that helped me in the midst of the distru- this disruption. I continually focused on what could be. This is the appreciative inquiry piece of it. I'm dreaming about what could be. I'm building out that as best I know how, right? We are putting this together in real time and in really continuing to stay connected with people and keeping my eye on that prize. So as that solopreneur continuing to think about what that could be when I get those rejections of we're not interested, we're not interested, but what would that look like to be able to coach and to consult and do leader development full-time? Or what would it look like to have my family more engaged at the dinner table? Like you continually focus on the dream and what could be. The tough stuff is going to happen. It will happen. We sit in that tension, but we're continually looking to the prize. And that was what sustained me because if I only see the resistance and all the uncertainty and the unsettling and the square peg doesn't fit in the round hole anymore, if I only focus on that, I'm not going to make it. Mm,
1: Okay, so you're telling me, at least this is what I'm hearing, that I need a disruption support group. So my team of people that I know will provide me with challenge and support. And I swear earlier, you almost, instead of disruption, said destruction. And that would have just been, (laughs) that would have proven my point. (laughs) No, you're selling me on, you're selling me on it. So I'm thinking, I'm wondering, I'm curious for our listeners, what would be something maybe low stakes to disrupt?
0: Yes, it's a great point. And, And we're getting toward the end of the year. We're going to be talking about setting goals and things like that. But this is this will be planting the seed. What, what is something that you would like to change about your life, personal and or professional? It may be something financial, maybe something physical, something relational. You can fill in the blank, not leave a career like I did. We're talking a very small but very significant step. What is something that I want to do? And then begin to examine what would disruption look like for you? We say that because we want this to be sustainable, lasting. To Katie's point, progress, not perfection. But we don't want this to be, I tried it once, it didn't work, and I moved on. We're getting to the core. Like, if I don't want to exercise, okay, what's going on there? If I don't want to give up sugar, I'm talking to myself here, what, what's going on there? What can be more sustainable? And so the disruption is going to be, I'm going to break the normal cycle of whatever. Not exercise, sleeping in, eating dessert after every meal, whatever it is. That's where I would start. And we talk about reflection a lot. Reflect on it. Give yourself some time to let that marinate. Because for me, it has to be something that's of real value and of real meaning. Because when the resistance hits, and it will, if I don't care about it, I'm done.
1: That's a really important point is that it has to be something that you care about. I would also think, at least for me, as I'm starting to brainstorm how I could incorporate disruption into my 2024 goals, I'm thinking this has to be something that I want for me. This cannot be something that someone else wants to ch- change in me. At least that would be, I don't know if that rings true. For the process for other people but if if i want to be invested in the disruption it's got to be something that i
0: find to be important absolutely and with that comes more ownership in it and this is not an easy process my leaving career i mean that's a whole nother story for another day it was not easy and there were lots of obstacles in the way But it was something that was very meaningful and very important to me. And that's that helped sustain me amongst the other things we mentioned earlier. So, yes, the buy in is very important because if I'm just like, eh, well, we'll see, it won't last.
1: I think that's that's really helpful and important. Um, I'm also curious, Alan, because we're both coaches. uh, I am curious what role coaching played in your disruption management
0: Well, it's a great question because uh, there's a couple coaches I've had and a counselor as well who ask me very disrupting questions. Now, these came from a place of of individuals who were for me, and I knew that. So they were coming from a good place. This is not I want to try to cause you all sorts of pain, challenge, discomfort just for the sake of doing it. No, no. This came from a place of people being for me, but they were questions that caused me to think about things that I had not thought about before. We've talked on earlier podcasts about perspectives, seeing things from a different perspective. This is also part of this in recognizing, oh, I never thought that I could be X, that I could run a marathon. I never thought I could. Coaches asked me some very disruptive questions. Why? To get to the root of what's going on. Because for me, there were many false beliefs, false narratives. I could never run a marathon. I could never get a PhD. I could never be a solopreneur. We could go on and on. These disruptive questions begin to unpack and highlight things that I may believe that aren't true or things that are there that I'm totally unaware of. Again, it's why we need others in our life.
1: Oh, I, I think that's really important. And what, one of the reflections I had while you were talking about you the role of counselors and, and coaches in helping us identify our limiting beliefs is how different our limiting beliefs can be. Because, you know, you said, I could never run a marathon or I could never get a PhD, which we know that we've both done both those things. And I would have a different limiting belief. And so that's the uniqueness in who we are and how coaches can literally help you get to that core of who you are and not just in a you know, generic way, right? Because again, if we have limiting beliefs about those two things, they're gonna be very different because I'm like, oh yeah, I can run a marathon, but I could come up with all kinds of limiting beliefs about it in other ways
0: and it's a great point katie it's not a one size fits all but until i was disrupted i didn't know those beliefs even existed and what this is doing is we're, we're shining the light into some areas that could be holding us back from some things that we want to do and and this is why we need others and it's the value of disruption right it changes the shape The the terrain, the scenery doesn't look the same. Once my false beliefs have been uncovered, it's not the same. I still make a choice whether or not to believe them or not. But now I I can't say I didn't know they were not there. I didn't know they didn't exist because now they've been exposed and uncovered. But this is all leading to our good. Why? Why does that matter? Let's think of us as healthcare professionals. As I grow healthier and am stretched. I'm a better healthcare professional mm-hmm. because the health ripples out. My new shape ripples out. And so that is something that I have to keep um, at the front of my mind because I can make it only about me. And certainly the disruption starts here, but it's allowed me to now challenge those around me as a coach in some of my own experiences, though they look different. I can still speak into that process. And that's how we talk about iron sharpening iron. This is the process of how others can help us and how we can help others.
1: Oh, I love that Um, because I just keep picturing like that ripple effect, like you said, just building healthier individuals, but families and communities as well. You know, I was also thinking that much of this disruption conversation I think could really apply to previous episodes that we've talked about. For example, I was talking to a listener who listened to our our episode from last week about finding joy in your in your work and finding joy even when you have patients or clients who aren't joyful. And I'm I'm curious if maybe um someone who had listened to that episode and then is talk is listening to disruption could think you know what i wonder how i could seek out some disruption so that i could bring more joy to my work or so that i could have a broader capacity for working with those patients and clients who come to me without much joy
0: absolutely and it's a great application like, I dream about what could be. Okay, I want to be more engaged, especially with that difficult patient. We could probably fill in the blank with the name. Okay, I'm dreaming I'm dreaming of what could be. But where does the change start? It starts with me. Okay, so what does that disruption look like practically for me when that patient walks in? Mm-hmm. I'm at a point where I make a choice. And this is the disruption. What? My normal tendency, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to make eye contact. I'm just going to put my head down, get those 12 prescriptions filled, and, and get Jim out as quickly as possible. Okay, that's the normalcy for me, right? That's the mental mode that I have. The disruption is, you know what? I'm going to try to engage Jim in conversation. I'm going to look him in the eye. I'm going to take a little more time interacting with him. That's a disruption. This is how, it may sound simple, it's hard. But this is what we're talking about. Why? There's a greater chance that I'm going to improve the quality of Jim's care. Maybe I don't, but at least I'm giving it an effort. We see this in all of our professions, the disruption that COVID brought. How are we practicing in our healthcare professions now to previous times? And am I continually looking to improve the way I practice pharmacy? These are the things that ripple out not only in our own lives, but in our professions as well.
1: Good. Yeah.
0: So, Katie, I, I know I've been doing a lot of the talking, so I, I, I'm, I'm curious how your skepticism, the skeptical lens, tell me where you're, you're resistant, what you think might not be uh, such a great idea.
1: Okay. So let's just say that me tracking with you has not been linear. It's been a little bit of a like, I'm on board, I'm on board. Ooh, I don't know about that. But where I think we've landed as we're kind of finishing out this episode, I think where we've landed is that I am going to give some disruption, but I'm probably going to go for some low stakes disruption. I'm not going to make a, you know, major life change like the example that you provided. And I'll give you something a little more than just changing up the Elliott family dinner routine. But I'm going to keep my eye in my mind and my heart, just kind of open over these next couple of weeks. So don't, don't check back in with me for next week's episode. Well, I guess you could, but, but, no judgment if I haven't come up with my disruption execution plan. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to just look at the things going on in my life through a lens of curiosity for which you taught me that lens of curiosity for where is there an area that I could have a disruption, I could seek a disruption that might produce a change that I could get excited about, that I'm looking for. Does, is that enough of a commitment?
0: Oh, absolutely. It, it's huge. And I would say that's a wise approach to this. I, I gave an example that came after a significant period of time of some many disruptions. Okay. And But all of these are valuable. And so there's wisdom in, okay, let me try this one out. Lower stakes. There's still a cost, always. Lower stakes. Learn from it. Oh, okay, because I guarantee everyone out there, you're going to learn something about yourself. Others may notice. Once again, valuable source of data. I noticed that when Jim came in, Alan, you had a smile on your face mm-hmm. versus... Probably not a smile in the past. Others can give us valuable insights and data. And, and the other thing you said is it's something that excites you. And I know we've mentioned that. Something that's meaningful to you, not oughts and shoulds here, but something that's meaningful that when you dream of what could be, like you feel something different or there's a, you become energized. That would be a place I would start, definitely.
1: Okay. All right. I'm ready for you to release me to the Wild West of
0: disruption. Let's talk just a a little bit more about the Wild West of disruption. And so, okay, let's say I decide to do that. What might be some things I could expect? Well, the scenery changes. You may see things a little bit different. Others may see you a little bit different. You may feel a bit unsettled, like, ooh, the ground feels like it's shaking a bit beneath my feet. It was very sturdy before. I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm quite the same. It's almost like I'm a bit of a different shape. It's hard to articulate these things, but I, I want to encourage you to sit in that. It's okay. It isn't an instant thing. There is a process. I like to use the example of wintertime is coming here in, in Oklahoma and snow, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. But think of it in these terms: of you're driving, you hit a slick spot, and you go uh, off the the, on kind of the the shoulder of the road. Nothing dangerous, but you find yourself a bit stuck, and it's like, okay, I back up to go forward, and I back up to go forward. It's not a straight linear path, as Katie mentioned earlier. So this can be the process. I feel like I'm moving forward. I'm beginning to see some new terrain, and then I feel like I go backward. This is a normal progression. It was especially and still especially hard for me because I am straight line. Let's get there as fast as possible. Why are we wasting time? The internal critic, the type one harshness comes into play for me, and that's where I have to be very careful. Because this disruption will bring out that internal critic. That inner critic, the harshness, the perfectionism to self will make an appearance more than once. You need to be aware of that if that's an issue or tendency. It's going to be messy, right? I'm moving back and forth on the shoulder. I'm probably kicking up some mud, some snow. Okay. It's part of the process. I want to encourage you to be persistent and stay with the process. How? Continue to dream about what could be. Continue to dream about it. We live in reality. We're not denying it. It's the both and. Dream about what could be while you're in the midst of the difficulty. Traveling with others, being fully open to sharing what is truly going on with you. There may not be, probably will not be a lot of people you can share some of this with because they'll think you're crazy and they love you. Find those people that you can share it with Uh, is an essential part of the process.
1: Yep. My Disruption Support Group.
0: There you go. Love it.
1: I'm forming it in my head as we speak. So some of you people out there listening, if you get a call to join the ranks of my Disruption Support Group, don't answer the phone if you don't
0: want to. That's exactly right. And and the last thing I would say is, is count the cost. You may not necessarily know the exacts, but don't be naive like I was. I only saw like the rosy side of it, the excitement and it's there and it needs to be there. But also count the cost. Talk about this with those again you trust who are going to shoot straight with you who will come along you beside you as you dream. It is an important piece because what disruption is not is not being naive and just jumping blindly. It is a risk and I don't know how it's going to go. That's part of it. But I do need to count the cost because uh, there will be a cost. Well, Katie, any final thoughts? Have I disrupted you enough today?
1: Yeah, you've disrupted me that I I, I have no more thoughts. So <laughs>
0: Mission accomplished.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited. I really am. And you're part of my disruption support team. So again, I expect you to hold me accountable. And we'll see. We'll go from there.
0: I will. And it is the accountability piece is an important piece. Because I cannot tell you how many times, and and this is still an ongoing process with other disruptions, I want to give up. It's a perfectly natural reaction and response. And if left on my own, I won't make it. And I'm a strong person when it comes to this. None of us can handle this on our own. So I appreciate what you said there. And the great tips you gave our listeners of think about something, sit in it for the next couple weeks. We're getting toward the end of the year. What's that one thing? It's a very important thing. Don't don't try to tackle 10. What's one thing? And then share that with someone.
1: And my final thought as we're wrapping up is that what we talk about on next week's episode, the peace index. I think if you are just not really sure that you want to go through with this disruption thing. Join us for the Peace Index, because I think that is going to be an additional tool for the tool belt in how to approach change and disruption. So just going to throw that out
0: there. Great preview. And there may be some of you out there struggling, like I'm not really sure where to even start. The Peace Index is a great framework. So, Katie, thanks for bringing that up.
1: Okay, then I'll see you next week.
0: Okay, looking forward to it.